I'm a big believer that you're never too old to change your mind and go a different direction. Nowadays, more people in their 40s and 50s are changing careers and even starting businesses. Listen, folks, life isn't a railroad where you're forced to head a certain direction and stick to a particular path. You have options if you're willing to make sacrifices. This week, I talked to my friend Al Bresciani. This man got spunk. I was so successful with his businesses that he was able to retire in the 80s and raise a beautiful family. Now, he's in his 80s and he's still building, traveling the nation and doing speaking engagements. In this conversation, I talked to Al about how we're all talking to ourselves. And guys, it's okay. You're not crazy. The sooner you admit it, the better conversations you could have with yourself. These inner dialogues are having way more of an effect on your lives than you think. Let's start the show. Hey, welcome to Chasing the Kingdom, where our goal is to provide hope and wisdom for spirit-led entrepreneurs. I'm John Balawa, and I believe God wants to use entrepreneurs to make the world better. Romans 8.19 says that the world is decaying and groaning for the revealing of God's sons and daughters. And that means the world needs you. And there are problems that can't be solved until you step into your God-given identity. If you want to stir up those gifts, then you're in the right place. Let's get hyped up for today's show. So this week on the Chasing the Kingdom podcast, I have my friend Al Bresciani. I actually, this is the first time I have the honor to meet you, Al. Uh, Al is actually a, is the father of a good friend of mine, and she has had so many great things about you, Al, um, how you raised her up in not only godly principles, but entrepreneurial principles, and it really just had an impact on her, on giving her kind of like an ambition, giving her an expectation for, you know, um, fixing problems and being successful. So it really is a great uh, honor to meet you. Same here, John. I, I want to say, uh, you know, when you meet people, you love everybody, but some people you don't feel like you really connect with. But from the moment we first talked in our previous discussion, I feel like we're we're very close friends. We're on the same wavelength. That's the Holy Spirit right there. Oh yeah, I you know I'm so honored that you say that. Thank you so much. I um. So what is like you've been you've been in you know business for a long time. You actually were so successful. You you were in a um, a company called Amway. And you were so successful with it, you were able to retire in the 80s. Um, what got you into entrepreneurship? What attracted you um, to this lifestyle? I guess I'm just like you, John. I didn't want to be controlled. I wanted to live my life the way I felt I could achieve what God designed me to achieve. So jobs always felt like prison to me, even on in a small business. In a shopping center, it's like a jail cell. You go to every day, and if it's a job, it's the same thing. There's a cell number at the top, and you've got to get that and go to your cell block and stay there all day long. I didn't want to do that, and I felt trapped. You know what she said, uh, Renee, your daughter, she, um, she 
told me you ruined her for the corporate life <laughs> because she saw the freedom that you had. Um, literally, like when you um, when you raised her, you already retired. You had all this time to be able to spend with her. And she said she's, you had just, you were always around. You were always there because of the freedom that you, that you had. Now, were you in, in business before you found Amway or was that like the first business that you had? Well, when I was younger, I had a lot of jobs that joined the Air Force when I was a teenager, got out after four years. And I had a lot of jobs before and after that, high school and then after I got out of the Air Force. And I moved to Washington, D.C., and I ended up buying my own taxi cab. So that was one of my first businesses other than a paper route when I was a teenager. So that was my second business. I was going to buy another cab and have two of them start building a fleet of cabs. And I flew fixed-wing aircraft because I got a pilot's license when I was in the Air Force on their flying club. But when I, when I was in Washington, D.C., the war started in Vietnam, and they were looking for helicopter pilots. I thought, well, maybe I can get a helicopter license and do that for a living. So I joined the Army and became a Gold Cobra gunship pilot, went to Vietnam. When I came back, I was getting ready to get out of the military. I had a job lined up at Petroleum Helicopters in Lafayette, Louisiana. It was Friday. I was supposed to report for work Monday, flying under the oil rigs. It was $1,200 a week, a month back then, $1,200 a month. I think that was it anyways, either a week or a month. I'm pretty sure it was a month back then. And that weekend, I saw that bus drivers in Washington, D.C. were making $1,500 a week or a month, whatever it was. So I thought, I'm just a glorified bus driver. So I called in, told them I didn't want the job. I didn't go. And so I was getting ready to be discharged. And I thought, I need to start a business. So I started watching different businesses. I picked one out and went for it. And the good Lord provided income. Listen to this. Back in 1971, when I got discharged, I had no credit. I spent all my money. I was single. And so I, I didn't have any success thinking really like I needed to. And so I went, I had an idea for those drive-in film drops. They used to have called Photomat back then. And it was like $18,000 for one franchise little building. And I thought, wow, I could get a little towboat thing, put my own fancy roof on it, find out where to bring the film to be developed, and then put my own program together. So I put it all together. I went to bank after bank. No, 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 no. One day I'm sitting in the uh, waiting room having tires rotated. And the Reader's Digest, which is no longer available, was on the sitting there. And I opened up. It says, Mills B. Lane of CNS Bank at Georgia had a minority lending program. So I went to the bank. 20 minutes later, I had $25,000 on my signature. And back then, that was about, what, 150 grand value? Good Lord, it's good. That's great. So uh, how, what happened with that business, like when you started it? Well, I started, it was very successful. I started a big camera store in downtown Savannah. God's always looked out for me. I had a, I'd have been out of business if I hadn't somehow, I wasn't a real good Christian back then. 
But somehow he was still getting through to me. I had choices on three buildings for a camera store, and I picked the most expensive one against my real thinking, but some was prodding me to do it, and it was on the main street in Savannah, Georgia, a one-way street with a hundred plus thousand cars a day going there. I painted the building bright yellow, put a six-foot camera with a flashing strobe light on top, and in one month, every single person in that city knew my business, where it was and what it was. If I'd have gone anywhere else, I promised you, I would have folded out and lost so you, you kind of like had this like marketing mind as well. I mean, to put that on top to get attention. Yes. And then I opened up a, a camera booth in the mall, the busiest mall in the state of Georgia. And then so in my big story that I had, I ended up putting a photography studio upstairs. And then in the back, there was so much room. I opened a sub shop and then I opened one at the mall. And the one at the mall was called the Yellow Submarine. I played the old Beatles song. I painted everything yellow. I had 55-gallon drums of kosher dill pickles from New York flown in. I had, back then, everyone's got these giant pretzels now. Back then, nobody had them. I bought a machine that the company they made in provided the dough, and you could watch the pretzels go in a conveyor belt, have salt dropped and be baked and come out the other side. I used to have dozens of people all day long at the mall watching the pretzels and buying them. I sold that other the guy made money for 15 years. All my business except the last few were successful. That was a gr great idea. I mean, I think- John, I'd have been Subway if I'd have thought big enough. But I was right. my business, look at my business. I got my business. I was so small thinking if I'd have been like Subway, I would have been in Subway, no joke. Right. So you sold all those businesses, right? Yeah, sold okay. Start another one, sold it, start another one. And um, what what happened after you sold the shop, uh, the sub shop and the camera business? It sounds like you've started these businesses and you just sold it um, before, I guess, they got huge, right? Well, I wasn't thinking big enough for them to get huge back then. I was thinking, right. my, look at what I got. Right. I'm, look, look, I got this rather than right. what I do with this. And so uh, I'd sell them because I wasn't happy with them. I didn't really, I liked the tar feed, but then after I got into business to it and did it to make money, it took away the, the fun out of it. So I, I didn't like that anymore. And when I opened the, sub shops i didn't like the food business so the good lord was always guiding me even though i wasn't a christian back then a good christian right i i went to catholic school when i was younger but you know that i just used to take my money for the church and go to the candy store up the street where my stepmother would drop me off at church so anyway what happened was he was always there helping me i look back in my life God's hand has been in my life every step of the way, even when I didn't deserve it and didn't know it. And so after I sold the sub shop and the camera stores, there was a guy before that that had these little battery-operated cars that kids would drive in the mall in a little enclosed area, put coins in and drive it themselves. So this guy would show us how good it was to draw. He'd show us his draws 
full of coins. Oh, how many coins are there? Oh, about $100 worth. And you've got 10 cars full that day. But he was a shyster. We bought his business. He had a heart attack. He said it was so low. Come to find out it was all a, a con job. But we still made money at it. But it got us in that in that uh, uh, vending field. So my, my brother-in-law and I went to Chicago, big three-story place where they had all these rides, the Himalayas, and these, these fairs where you go to the fairgrounds. Mm -hmm. I'm a carny or a carnival person. I came this close to being that. We were going to buy a Himalaya, $250,000. And on the way out of the show, there was a little three-horse merry-go-round sitting at the door. And the good Lord tapped me on the head. I didn't know it was him back then. But I looked over, I said to my partner, Fred, that's it. We can put these out, it makes money, we don't have to be there. We ended up with two hiring of them, and one of them in Hialeah, Florida, made $800 a month, and we had 200 of them. Wow. So anyway, that's how we got in the vending business. But what really saved my life, it made me a strong Christian, and brought me solid in the Lord, and made my, wife, my life being worth fulfilled and worth living and accomplishing more than just making a buck was the Amway business, but not the Amway company, although that's a solid, good company, was the mentorship team I'm a part of. Wealthy, successful business people that dedicate their life to and helping young people become entrepreneurs and benefiting their life in their spiritual life, their marriage life, their business life, just in general, incredible. Is that so? Is that how Jesus entered the picture when you got into Amway? That that's how he he got introduced to you. That's when I got saved. Cause all ship of the mentorship team I'm a part of all give Christ and God these the accolades and the total. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The total. Uh, it's because of that. The total mindset. The total mindset. Gosh, you know, that is incredible because, you know, I was talking to Renee and and she was telling me that it was because of the way that you brought her up. It was because of the way that you showed her how important God was that, you know, she has a relationship with Jesus, a very strong relationship and trust in Jesus. And so that is amazing. John, I don't want to, when I talk, I don't want to be going on and on, so stop me if I do that. But, okay. But I do want to answer your question. Can I tell you a couple things about my daughter, Renee? Yes, please. It came because of this mentorship team that I, I'm a part of, and because I accepted the Lord through that team. In fact, this next weekend, I'm going to Washington, D.C. to a major convention with 5,000 people, We'll probably have a thousand people accept the Lord on our Sunday morning non-denominational service wow. meeting up there. So, but let me tell you what's happened because of that. I cringe to think how my son and daughter would have turned out if I hadn't become part of that Amway mentorship team I'm working with. But listen to this. My daughter went to Christian home and Bible school. My son went there. And so when I became a Christian, I started teaching them the principles, 
listen to this. When my daughter was 16, we used to always watch what they put in their minds. We wouldn't let them watch rotten movies and, and play video, violent video games. And so my, my daughter, Renee, went to want to go to a movie when, when she was 16 because some of her, with some of her friends who had just gotten their driver's license. So she said, Dad, can I go to the movies with my girlfriends? I said, what's the movie? So I looked it up to see if there were, and it was, none of them were perfect, but it was acceptable. I said, okay, when's it get over? Be home at 11, etc." Car, four or five girls came, picked up my daughter, and they at the door. We said, bye, have a good time. They went, came back at quarter of 11. I should have been back by 11. They were back quarter of. Having their girlfriend said, bye, Renee, bye. Drove off. Renee walked in the door. My wife and I were there and says, Renee, how'd you enjoy the movie? She said, oh, it was great. I says, how'd your friends enjoy it? She says, they didn't go. I says, what do you mean they didn't go? She said, when they got to the theater, the Marquis, there was an X-rated movie they wanted to go to. So I went to the movie by myself, and they went to the X-rated movie. And Bless. Wow. You raised her right. You raised her to protect her mind. You know, um, I remember, you know, the adults in my life when I was growing up, um, and they would tell me, you know, like, watch what you watch, you know, and, and that's, they would tell me that you're ruining your mind, you know, and you're, you, you watch certain things. And I didn't believe them, you know, and I was, uh, you know, growing up, I thought that that's such like a very, like, I don't know, ignorant thing to say, you know, and um, as I got older, I saw how important it is, like that, you, what you feed your mind. Uh, and now that I'm a Christian, which you feed your spirit. Um, you know, the Bible says, you know, as you think you are, but um, I'm working with a company now that um, deals with neuroscience. And uh, in order to serve them better and and help them better, I have been having to read a lot about the brain and neuroscience. Um, you know, they actually have a lot of stuff they're giving me to to learn about how the brain works. And it is true. It's absolutely true. And I believe the enemy um, is an, an all-on assault on our minds. Um, and really what it comes down to is it's affecting our identity. The stuff we're watching, the stuff we're taking in, it's everywhere. It's affecting who we think we are and it's such a basic premise but it's a it's a powerful premise how you see yourself is going to determine everything in your life it's going to determine what quality relationships you have if any it's going it's going to affect the uh, uh your career it's going to fit, affect your finances, and it's definitely, definitely going to affect your spiritual life. And it, it's so weird. We have people still debating, you know, like, um, does, does, you know, does movies make you more violent? Does video games make you more violent? Does 
the, the, does movies make you more uh, sexually promiscuous and, and all these things. And guys, it all comes down to what you're feeding your mind. It all comes down to how you see yourself. And all these things add to that. You are 190,000% exactly right. And this is a quick story. How Paul is. In Germany in the Second World War, they would experiment with people and they'd stretch them out and lay them on their back and blindfold them and lay them on their backs on the table. Excuse me, stretch their arm out. They'd say, we're going to cut your wrist so that you bleed to death. After they were blindfolded, they put a bucket of water under each eye. They'd run an ice cube across their wrist, drop droplets of water in the bucket, and the people would die. That's how powerful your mind is. And then when you think about it, the Bible says that which is that which you think about daily is what you become. Exactly. It says that you protect the thoughts going in your mind with all diligence. It's all in the Bible. Everything's in there. It's just put in a way that people don't relate to regular life. Like if you think of your mind as a laptop computer, suddenly it makes sense. Renewing your mind reprogramming your mind from the way it was. Why? Because if it's programmed this way, that's how you're going to go. Programmed this way, that's the way you're going to go. Just what you said. Right. You know, and it affects, you know, everything, literally everything. It's like when you were, um, when you were mentioning about your sub shop and um, your other businesses and you didn't have the mindset to expand, that's actually something that God has been talking to me a lot about lately and he keeps telling me, you're not believing enough. You are not seeing yourself in a certain way that will allow me to bless you because you, you, you're, I, you don't have the faith to grab on to what I'm trying to show you to where you could even see it, right? And so that's a, just a personal conviction I've been going through um, and still processing. Uh, but, um, you know, what, basically what God was showing me is like uh, we we don't ever expand because we don't believe that either we deserve it or that it's, it's even a possibility for us. And so he's been really stretching my mind. I mentioned I went to Asia um, recently um, and, and that trip, God showed me, he showed me, John, I, I, I want you to start believing for more. And I got to hang around um, some pretty powerful business people who are just moving at a level that I've never seen anybody move in. Um, and, and just to see their mindset in action and, you know, the risks that they would take, the calculated risks they would take, um, it, and the lifestyle that they lived, you know, they were really humble people, but they lived like a totally different lifestyle because of their mindset. And so God had to show that to me in the real world for me to even even see that it it's possible for me. Um, and so there has to be a, like a level of risk, but you're not going to take that risk if you don't see that it's possible for you. And and one of my favorite scriptures is is in Ephesians where where Paul was saying, "I I keep praying for you." He was he was talking to the saints. He said, "I keep praying for you that you, the eyes of your heart would open." so that you could see the hope of your calling, so that you could see 
the uh, riches that are available uh, and the power that is available just because you believe. So he was saying like the, 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 the saints weren't seeing. They weren't seeing with the eyes of their heart. And so they couldn't even hope, right? And so um, that goes for everything. That goes for entrepreneurship. Like if you are having a business and you don't see that you could expand it, you could sell it. And then maybe someone who does see it can take it somewhere that you, you did it. Let me say this, John, what you just said about uh, you, you don't believe it. Some people think, how do you believe? You program your computer. Listen to this. They don't allow lie detectors in court. Why? Because a pathological liar can lie so much. His computer or brain believes it's true. So you can accomplish anything once it's programmed. The Bible says it this way. Life and death is out of the power of the tongue. Well, you don't die if you don't speak right, but you don't achieve what God might have for your life. If you don't speak properly, you'll miss what he has for you. Why? Because this is the programmer. Sure, the ears and the eyes and the sense and the touch and the smell. No, no, this is the main one. And the problem is it takes longer than a laptop. A laptop, you go like this, and it's programmed. Think of an automotive production line at a car factory. They take a computer, they put the parameters in with their fingers, go, and it's programmed, the computer is. Now this big robotic arm goes, all day long without stopping. Try to get in front of it, you'll get killed. It's programmed to do it, and it's going to do it whether you try to stop it or not, unless you change the program. Same thing with this laptop. Only difference. This is the programmer, and you can't go, I'm great, I can do anything. Like Hashish Clay, Muhammad Ali, I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest. He was programming his computer. And once the computer's programmed, it does exactly what it's programmed for, and you can't stop it. It always goes to default and always does when it's in there what's programmed. So listen to this. The difference. This program on the laptop is this way. This one takes time. It takes anywhere from 21 to 180 days to form a habit, with the average being 80 to 90. Most people don't do anything for a week. So that's what it takes to program. Once he programmed in, automatic. Let me tell you one quick story. 20 years ago, I took a Florida State insurance license. I'm a high school dropout. I've had people with master's degrees working for me. The degree is nothing, but they programmed in when I didn't. If I programmed what they programmed in, I'd have a master's degree. I didn't want to program that in. So listen to what I did. I took the Florida State insurance license. I took all the sample test questions. I took all the highlight important things. I put them on a CD and for 30 days, all day long, I programmed my computer. When I took the test, I was the first one done. The girl at the desk couldn't believe I was done. She thought I had a question. I had the highest score out of 20-some people in a high school dropout. It's got nothing to do with your little social things that say you're this, you're smart because of that. 
It's how you program your mind. Life and death and the power of the tongue right in the Bible. Right. Wow. You know, there's a lot I'm thinking about as you're talking. I, I, one is Muhammad Ali. I, I didn't even think about that. I mean, that guy was a force of nature. That guy changed the world. That guy changed the world. And so like when people, you know, I, I love... I love fighting. I love martial arts. I love all that stuff. So I watch these guys. And Muhammad Ali, when you when the debate of who is the greatest boxer, uh, for me, it's it, it it's Muhammad Ali because he was bigger than the sport. That guy changed the world. But I didn't even think about it. He was always saying he was the greatest. He believed it. I, I mean, it, it's just you ever meet those people that you just look at and they're moving in a different rhythm. They're just moving with a different vibe. You know there's something special about them. And 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 you look at them and you go, man, I wish I had their confidence. Like, I wish I was as, as comfortable in my skin as that person. And it's because they're telling themselves that, that they are the greatest. <laughs> but you know, have you ever read that book? Cause you're a reader. Um, have you ever read that book, What to Say When You Talk to Yourself? I have the audio book of it, and I've read it five, six, seven times. One of the most important books I believe every person should read, and listeners, if you're looking for something to read and you have not read this book, this is a really, really important book because, it, it, you know, and it's not fluff. It has, like, it, it's, you know, backed by, you know, science and studies and stuff like that. But this guy um, taught people how you should be talking to yourself. Everyone talks to themselves, whether they realize it or not. You're you're giving yourself a message. And this is why it's so important what you watch. This is why it, it it's not, it's not, you know, people aren't being ignorant when they're saying you shouldn't, you should watch what you're watching. The Bible isn't being uh, impractical by saying, you know, your thoughts, uh, you are who, what you what you think. Um, it's the truth. And um, the reason why some people can't get a relationship or can't keep a relationship uh, or can't keep a job or, or um, can't start that business is because somewhere in your internal dialogue, you're telling yourself something. And um, and we all are telling ourselves something. So if there are struggles, it, it it this is tied to it, you know. And so this book talks about how you could get all these different helps, programs, all this stuff, and they could be great programs, but they'll be they're they're not sustainable. Any effect is not sustainable if what you're telling yourself daily goes against it because the consistency of what you're telling yourself subconsciously and consciously is what is giving you the results in every area of your life. And so there has to be that cheerleader every day talking to you, speaking life into you, and it has to be yourself. And so like that book, I just highly, highly recommend it. I agree. That's an awesome book. I love it. I still listen to it. Hey, I hope you like the show. If you got something from it and want to bless me back, 
Leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, and also subscribe to my channel. If you want to connect with me on social media, my Instagram is at kingdom.moves. I pray that God gives you hope and that you step into everything he's got planned for you. Peace. Oh,